This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, the ever-faithful Franklin Proctor, sous chef of the garden, checking in on this Saturday morning. Hi, Charlie. Good morning, Franklin. This is the last Saturday in November. It is. And then we're into the ho-ho-ho jolly season, aren't we? We are. Lots yep. going on in December, but yep. it's been a busy November on many levels. Yeah, for you sure. With your, uh, oh, my little mustache. Mo-vember. Oh, and this is, this is the last time I have to to beg people to go to mo- movember.com. Yes. Just put my name in where it says search Frank and Proctor. then donate something for me, would you? Yeah. Yeah, because I want to raise some money for the cause. Are you going to shave that off? Um, I'm, I'm debating. What do you think? What do you think? Well, it does make you look a bit like Chris Hatfield. Oh, oh, really? So We've might... only had to inherit his brains, not his mustache. Well, it's mustache. okay. You could get mistaken for Chris Hatfield. <laughs> oh, but you know what? I got a quick shout out. Oh, really. of course. Okay. You always have friends everywhere. Manny, Manny and, uh, and uh, Chris. Chris. Yeah. Thank you. Met them uh, at Costco. I was out there the other day, and they were sitting down having a coffee, and uh, I joined the table, and we got to talk. And so anyway, I said, hey, listen listen on Saturday morning. I'm going to give a shout-out. He's got the greatest New York accent. I Been know. here 25 years. You love your accent. Yeah, accents. New York. Yeah. New York. All righty. What right. do you got? Um, shouting out, speaking of shout-outs, I meant to mention last weekend, my parents celebrated their 63rd wedding anniversary last oh. Sunday. And you didn't mention it last Saturday? I forgot. Oh, well, well, I don't know how well, I forgot. Folks, I was compl- now you see what I deal with hosting here? a party for them. So <laughs> I think I had a lot on my brain and I neglected to mention it on the radio. So anyway, oh. you know, happy anniversary last weekend and happy birthday to my dad tomorrow. Holy cow. He's 87 tomorrow and my daughter turned 25 this past Wednesday. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Too well, many. You are old, Too much you? going on. Too much. <laughs> so yes, life is busy and yeah. as you point out, Christmas is coming. Yes, So it is. we've got lots going on that way. Okay. Uh, a couple of announcements for if you you know have time and you want to get involved in some of the events that are going on. I've mentioned that the Royal Botanical Gardens is celebrating their holiday traditions open house and lots of kind of cool things going on at the Royal Botanical Gardens. Of course, that's in Burlington. Mm-hmm. For more information and see what's going on. Actually, they're doing the Spirit of Nature at Night Fridays. So that's December 5th and the 19th, uh, and this is at the Nature Interpretive Center. Right. So you're outside. You're dressed yeah. to be outside. You're outside for a couple hours. You're hiking around. You're going to be obviously with people who can tell you what you're hearing and what you're seeing at night. It's, wow. and, you know, stars, everything. So that's quite fun. And that one you do need to pre-register for at least one week prior to the, the date. So, of course, www.rbg.ca. That'll get you there. All right. Okay. Now, closer to home, Toronto Botanical Gardens Uh is hosting their open house this coming Thursday, December the 4th. It starts at 12 noon, runs right through till 9.30 that evening. Free admission for everyone and all kinds of fun things to see and do. Uh, One I was reading to you earlier, and it's real tongue twister. Go ahead. I dare you to say it. Oh, a giant gingerbread tree. 
Okay, say that That's again. coming up. Giant gingerbread tree. <laughs> Giant right. gingerbread tree. See, we, <laughs> you couldn't get it out. I, you could, I know. You're doing good. Over I, that's why I got you to say it. They, they well, will I'm have, a professional pronouncer. They're going to have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> at, <clears throat> at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, of course, there's the... There's a cafe, there's a gift shop, mm. there's, you know, things like Amaryllis, there's a used book sale, there's an um, organic farmer's market. I mean, there's a lot going on. So definitely, if you can get out to uh, Toronto Botanical Gardens this coming Thursday, all day starting at noon, right through till 9.30. Of course, they're at the corner of Leslie and Lawrence, mm-hmm. the northwest corner of Leslie and Lawrence. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And, oh, yeah, there's all season. Get flowers. You can get boughs, you know, for yeah, decorating front, purposes. Front door stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Swaggy stuff. Yeah. The swaggy stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Well. There you go. Okay. And oh. one other thing just to mention, right. the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society is hosting their meeting on December the 14th. That starts at 1.00. Runs right through until 4 p.m. They are featuring Wolfgang Bonham, and I've mentioned him before. I think he's he's on the speaker circuit right now. (laughs) Wolfgang is from the Waterloo area and runs a a landscape design and build company called Peace, Love, and Landscaping. Now, his presentation is The History and Art of Dry Stone Walling, which is so beautiful. Who wouldn't love... You see it done properly. I mean, you know... No, this is done properly. Trust me. So dry stone walling means the stones are stacked. Exactly. No mortar whatsoever. So it's all it's it's a puzzle, right? You get all yeah. these rocks and you chip. What an art! And you, what an art form! Oh, is, totally. Huh? When it's okay. done well, and it's just so beautiful to, to yeah, see. Let me. Could you give me the um, email uh, or not? Pardon me. The website for that again. Uh, for that, the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society's okay. website. Oh, is, wouldn't you know? Gosh, I threw that at you last minute. No. Bottom line is uh, Wolfgang <laughs> speaking on the history and art of dry stone walling on December fourteenth from one to four p.m. The meeting takes place at the Toronto Botanical Gardens in the Floral Hall, and of course, free admission, free parking, completely accessible, and uh, everyone is super welcome. Okay, excellent. Look at the clock. We've got it moving along here, and uh, we have to, you know. It's been a couple of weeks since I've really done any exercising. So while you extol the virtues of S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L, uh, I You're will, go I will in do the corner exercises. Yes. And try to not All hit right. me in the I'm side gonna, of my I'm head. I'm need knee bends today. Just be careful, okay? okay? Yeah. Just oh, be careful. Okay. Enjoy your day without uh, the pain, okay? This is, down, here we go. Yeah, so, He's yeah. enjoying his day without the pain, and that's because... Frank and I both take Sierra Sil every day, three little pills. It really helps if you're an active person who wants to get better in terms of your performance or yeah. if you're a senior seeking improved comfort in your daily routines um, and or just boomers wanting the freedom to maintain their favorite activities. Sierra Sil could work for you. Yeah. You'll know within 14 days whether it's making a difference, and that's where the phone number comes in, one joint 14 Give them a call, ask questions, order over the phone, or check them on the web, sierrasil.ca. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, let's get this show on the road. All righty, Angela in Brampton, welcome to The Garden Show. Here is Charlie Dobbin. Hi there, Charlie and <laughs> Frankie. <laughs> Good morning, Angela. Morning. How are you both? Good. Good. Yes. My problem is that all of my green 
plants, the ones with like uh, a fern or mandevilla, they're all dropping leaves. Hmm. A, a lot of leaves or just some of the, you're seeing some yellow leaves on all your plants? Yellow leaves and they're dropping. Is it lack of water? Not necessarily. It could be too much water, actually. Are the leaves the newer leaves on the tips or are they the older leaves from the inside? More the older leaves, like okay. the ferns and the mandevilla are more the ones that are, are dropping the leaves. Okay. You know what? Chances are what's happening is completely normal. It is that time of year. We're still not even at the shortest day of the year yet. So days continue to get shorter. Plants do respond to that and they do drop older leaves. When the newer fresh growth turns yellow and drops off, yeah, then we get a little bit concerned. But when it's the older mature leaves, very normal. But you asked about the watering question. A couple of things to make sure of. One is, if possible, things like the, the mandevilla, which was it outside all summer, I assume? It was outside all yeah. summer. It was beautiful. <clears throat> yeah. And so when it comes into your home, you've got to put it in the sunniest possible spot that you've got. Preferably yeah. a southern or western window right in it. <clears throat> and the reason for that is because the light levels outside are so much higher than inside because you've got, you know, the glass and the glazing on the glass and UV protection, etc. So plants will always, or very, very, you know, commonly and normally, drop the leaves that they produced outside in all that sun, grow new leaves inside, which will be better able to use the sun that's coming through the windows. So it's just different chlorophyll levels in the, seed, in the leaves depending on the light levels. So not to worry. But do be careful about watering. When the light levels are low, plants use less water. Okay. So if you can stick your finger in the soil or you can feel the weight of the pot, you can get an idea how much and when to water. If the plants are too big, the pots are just big and heavy, get one of those little moisture meters. It's a little yeah, probe. Yeah, one of those, yeah. Yep, stick that in the soil. Find out what your moisture level levels are down multi-inches deep into the soil. And you'll find that makes a big difference for when you're not sure, you know, should I water? Not sure. I'm not sure. Let plants get to the dry side. Not bone dry, but the dry side. Uh, even, the, even the ferns, the same thing would happen too? Well, are the ferns like Boston ferns? Kind yeah. Of ferns? Those you want to keep on the moist side. So, um, but, if, but if your moisture meter says wet, don't water, obviously. Let that little needle get right sort of to the center position on the dial. And okay. once you're at that just mid-level... Uh, you can water. You can also do a, your plants a huge favor by misting them and spritzing them with water okay. at, le at least once a day, if not more often, just to keep them so much happier when they're getting that water misted on. The humidity makes a difference for them and, uh, and just cleans their leaves and they're just perky. They love it. But it's nothing to worry about. No, though. no. A few yellow leaves, very normal. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Angela. You have a great day. Thank and you. all the very best to you and yours out there in Brampton. Uh, and you know what I forgot to do is to give my one job here is to give the phone numbers. I, I didn't give them at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> here we go. 416-360-4740. That's in the Toronto area. Then anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free. 1-866-740-4740. And uh, Delane in Barrie, I think, wanted us to repeat uh, an email no. address. I'm not sure whether it's yours or, oh. uh, or another one, but let's get her on the line to clarify everything. Hi, Delane. Good morning. Good morning yourself to Good. the two of you. Good morning. I needed your email address. 
Uh, I wasn't sure how to spell your name, and I didn't catch it. All right. Let me give it to you. Have you got a piece of paper and a pencil handy there? Yeah, my husband's poised. He's poised. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember that. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. It's C. Dot Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Great. Okay. That's my email address That's, here at the station. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Now, I, I planted a, a clematis last year. Mm-hmm. No, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And last year it climbed up the trellis and went into a great big ball at the very top. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was too sick to do anything with it at the when it started to get dead. Mm-hmm. Kick the bucket, so to speak. <laughs> So should I have cut that off at the root part, or should I have cut the ball off at the top? No, you know what? Can you give me an idea what the flowers look like on the clematis, or do you know the name of the clematis? Uh, no, I don't have a name, but they're purple, and they're, oh, I would say about five inches round. Yeah, so they're that kind of a flat flowers, like a yes, hand, yes. star, almost kind of star-shaped. Likely what you've got is a Jack Manny clematis, one of the summer flowering varieties, uh-huh. and leaving it alone is the exact right thing to do for the winter. Oh, good. It might not look very pretty, because it is kind of a brown, looks like a dead mess, Yeah. which is fine. Just let it do its thing, ignore it all winter. In the spring, once the birds start to sing and the ground is starting to thaw and we're looking for things to do in the garden, but it's still too early because we can't get planting yet. You know, it's still only maybe, might be April, might be early May. You will notice new growth starting all along those long, dead-looking brown stems. Oh, and yeah. The, the little buds, when they first come out, they're, they're gray and fuzzy. They're, they're like little mouse ears when they first come out. And like I said, that you'll usually see that um, depending on how early the spring is, but you will see that when we're still quite early in the season. And it's at that point that you get out your hedge trimmers or your chainsaw or your pruners, whatever you need, and that's when you cut the whole thing down. But you you will cut the plant down to being about one foot tall. Oh, okay. That sounds good. Yeah. So you just look at the stems and preferably make your cut just above a pair of buds. So all the way through, all that above growth you know, into the composter or into a paper bag, the balance of the plant will, of course, at that time be fed because it'll be spring and it'll start to grow. You'll have a lot more uh, stems as a result of that trimming. And because you'll have more stems and branching, you'll have more flowers. Oh, and good. you shouldn't have that big ball on the top. You should have much more of a pillar type yeah, growth. Yeah, like a crow's nest. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so what you want is more branching from the bottom of, right, from the base of the plant. And that's what you will achieve by trimming, the, trimming it right down. And you will do that every spring. Yeah, it grew about six feet tall, but there was no flowers at all on the until it got to the top. Right, exactly. So, yeah. so what we're going to do by cutting it down like that is you will still get six feet tall, but you'll have flowers all the way from the bottom right to the six-foot point and leaves and lots of, lots of stems and growth. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your help on that one. You're very welcome. Thanks, Delaine. Thanks for your call. Welcome, Bye-bye. Welcome anytime. Thank uh, you. I forgot to mention, son of a gun, uh, that if you're a first-time caller, please let uh, our good friend uh, James Patrick Dooley know about that when you call in because then we'll bring out the chimes and welcome to the show it's, par excellence. That's right, you know? because yeah. we like to give people their garden wings when, exactly. they, when they come on to the show for the first time. It's a, it's a, it's a big event. Oh, are you kidding? We have a party every time it happens. Pretty much. Yeah. And when we get five 
five or six first-time callers well, in an hour. Whoo, look out. We're, we're, we go crazy. Absolutely. Uh, oh, by the way, we've got a couple of lines open right now. So give a call, 416-360-4740. And then anywhere else in the province, as I've mentioned, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And, Charlie, we can just take it easy for a couple of minutes because okay. we've got our uh, lovely sponsors to get a message or two on the air, okay? All righty. See you in a minute. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Yepper, here we are <laughs> from the studios smooth, of AM 740. Yes. Very smooth. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Golly, uh, the plea for an extra caller or two, and preferably, you know, it would be nice if we heard from a first-timer. We've got two waiting on the line, yeah. but first, let's go to Bob in Toronto. Hello, Bob. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Nice talking to you. Morning. Uh, I'm talking about milkweed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seeds are now falling on the ground, mm-hmm. and I don't know to cover them up with dirt. Because you, you have milkweed growing in your garden? Yes, it's growing there now. And you'd like to ha- encourage it to grow again next year? Yes, right. The seeds are now falling. I like to encourage the seeds. Yeah. When milkweed seeds, it's like a little pod that bursts open, and the right. seeds are little furry seeds, and they tend to blow. Right. So that's where you might want to consider just a very, very light sprinkling of soil. Of course, your soil in your garden might be a bit crusty and frozen on the surface. So maybe just a little bit of potting soil just to keep those seeds from blowing away. Right. But otherwise, leave them alone. Oh, good. Very good. Nature's okay. pretty smart. She'll look after getting them growing in the spring. Right. So also, also, I brought one pot and put it in the fridge. Uh, should I be planting out? Just kind of encourage to wait until spring to plant them? You, so you brought one, uh, you brought in one of the pods, yeah. you're saying? So what I would do with those seeds is just what you've done. Put it in the fridge, but put it in a... Okay, so I'm just trying to think. Well, this is hurting her. <clears throat> yeah, my brain's going... Oh, 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 steam's oh, oh. coming out of my ears. Because <laughs> um, I'm just not sure whether... I, it should definitely... The seeds should go in the fridge. The question is, should they go in just in the pod, or should they go in with some moist soil around them? That's the thing I don't know, and that I'd have to look up. Uh, because this goes back to the acorns that Frank and I collected oh, at yeah. High Park. And that's exactly what I've done. I've soaked them for a week because acorns are much harder yeah. seed coat than your average milkweed seed. Soaked them for a week, and now I've got them in moist potting soil in a plastic bag in the fridge. And they're going to stay there until next probably March, and then I'm going to pot them up, and then we're going to hope to see the little, those little acorns germinating by May. And the milkweed, every seed is a little bit different, so that's why I'd need to just double-check. So for now, keep the pod in the fridge, and I will report back what you should do and how you should store that pod. Because it is a nice way to have the seeds right there in mm-hmm. your hand, and you could plant them up inside that way before uh, when we're still winter outside. You can get some milkweed growing inside, so you're all ready for spring. Okay, is it really making too much work to put it in the fridge? Should I just go on the land now? Uh, that would be easier for you, no question. Right. Okay, thank you very okay. much. Bob, thanks for joining thanks. us on the show. And, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> the acorn accounting. Oh, I, I failed miserably in our little task of going out to uh, High Park. Well, you, and, what, you well, did a lovely job with me. Well, I know. You were, you were like a squirrel. I, you I, were down there collecting I them, know. filling your pockets. Your cheeks were well, starting I, to bulge. <laughs> it was, you were like just a, a machine the collecting acorns. Thing. Well, I, you know, the ones that I collected for me, Yes. I only had two or three yes. for me. I put them in my jacket pocket, mm-hmm. and I proceeded to forget about them for a week and a half. Right. So then we and thought, then, not So good. then last week, after the show, I said, I'm 
going out to High Park. I'm getting more acorns. So I went out there and had a wonderful <laughs> breakfast. Nice and breakfast. I read a paper. Few I came mimosas, back. Probably. And I'm driving in the, in the garage at home. I think, I forgot the damn acorns. <laughs> That's what so, you went. Gee. So anyway, so i got to go out there again today. Uh, you may. F- I'm just giving you a heads okay. up. You may not find acorns okay. now because the squirrels have been busy, right? <sighs> That's what ever? squirrels yeah, do. They exactly. collect them all. We Our timing was good. <laughs> and it was a good crop, right? See, oak trees don't bear the same number of acorns every year. It's very cyclical. It's about every two or three years you'll get a big crop and in between you'll have very few acorns. There were tons out there. We didn't have to go very far. No, we didn't. Pick a whole bunch. But I have lots. So if you really, if you can't, yeah, I, can I, want, I want I want some of your okay. acorn nuts here. Okay, Jean in Georgetown is a first-time caller. Where are those chimes? Oh, there they are. Good morning. Welcome Hello. to the show. Welcome. Good morning. I have a bromelard, a B-R-O-M-E-L-I-A-D plant. It's in a six-inch pot. Bromeliad, yep. It was given to me in August. It's very healthy. I've got this huge, big pink flower in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But what I'd like to do is, what do, I, what do I do to keep it well, and how long does the pink flower <laughs> last, and all that kind of thing? Well, it sounds like you're doing something right. You got it when in May, you said? I beg your pardon? When did you receive the plant? In August. Oh, in August. All right. So for now, it should be in a sunny window. Have you got it in a, uh, in a it's bright? It's actually on the little label on the pot. It said to keep it in, in bright light, yep. but that's what it said, and that's where it is. Okay. So it is in a bright spot in your it, house. It gets a lot of light, yeah. Perfect. And the way we water a bromeliad, bromeliads are a member of the pineapple family. So they've got sharp edges on their leaves. But the, the one you have, um, I'm going to show Frank some pictures of it. It's a silver gray leaves with this beautiful pink flower that lasts for months oh, and really? months. Okay. And the way we water a bromeliad is keep – this is a plant that uh, has a very, very small root system. Uh, the way it absorbs moisture is not so much through the roots, but through the leaves and yeah. through the cup in the center. So and that's you, the way I've been watering exactly. Yeah. You have to pretend that you're a little rain cloud, mm-hmm. and when it's time to water the plant, you pour water into the center of the plant, into that cup, that central vase. Uh, enough of this, you know, room temperature water is poured in so that it overflows down and just gets down to soil level, and then you walk away and you don't do any more watering. Until that water, you can no longer see water in the plant, you fill it back up again. So that might be every week, it might be every three or four days, it's just a question of the temperature the plant is in. Okay. okay. And what about fertilizing? No. What do you do for nope. the winter? Anything? No fertilizing. No. Nope. Leave it alone. No. It's going to get what it needs from the air and from the water you're giving. Uh, uh, the flower will eventually start to get crispy and dry up and die. Okay. When that happens, you'll notice that the actual plant starts to get crispy and it will dry up and die. However, before any of this happens, <clears throat> some baby little plants will start to grow at the bottom and you'll have what are daughter plants from the mother. Oh. The mother's going to die, but some progeny will start to grow. And that by that time, it's, you know, March, April, May. We take it out of the pot, we sever away all the dead mom and the dead flower, and we now pot up the babies. And start all over again. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that neat? That <laughs> uh, is neat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's wonderful. Well, okay. I've, just renamed, I'm, I've just renamed myself now. <laughs> little you know, rain I, cloud. I'm a little rain cloud, short and stout. Wet. Let me pour some water before I go out. <laughs> Into your spout. So that flower should last till the spring, then. That's right. Yep, it'll last a very oh, long time. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, neat, huh? Well, that's wonderful. Thank you. You've answered all my questions. <laughs> well, thanks for joining the show. Thanks okay, for calling. Okay, have a good day. Thank Don't you. Don't be a stranger. Come on back. 
like any look, time. I'm showing okay. you pictures. <laughs> oh, oh, no. oh look, see? That's the flower. Beautiful. Oh, yes, I've seen these. At the, I think you had in, one of these. Yes, I think we did. You killed it. I killed it. <laughs> yeah, but, well, I'm doing better with the... Uh, Medanilla. Me- Medanilla is doing beautifully at home. I yeah. Know. Well, we have another first-time caller with us. From Kitchener, let's welcome Effie. Those chimes are for you, Effie. Hello there. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Um, I've got a question about uh, a Eugenia uh, globulus. It's one of those topoli plants, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, the leaves are falling off something terrible. Was it outside for the summer? It was, yes. Right. I wanted to bring it in because I hadn't planted it in the ground. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't want to take a chance with this winter, you know. Right, exactly. But, and I'm, but remind me, Eugenia, I need to look it up. It's uh, one of those big tiny leaves, all, and it's shaped, they've got two balls, one at the top and one mid, mid-section, you know. And how tall is the plant? It's supposed to go about one and a half metres, I think. I think that's what's written. But I've th- got the card here. It says one and a half meters, that's the height. Okay, but it is, as far as I know, it is a tropical plant. Mm hmm. Okay, I'm just double checking, though, because sometimes I. Hello? I'm, I'm here. I'm oh. just double checking something here because I'm not positive of. Okay, so this plant. See, I'm just trying to confirm for myself whether this is a plant that should be outside or inside. Well, I do have the ticket here, and they said planting, submerge it in a bucket of water for 10 minutes, then plant it in the garden. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I was afraid to leave it uh, out there this winter, you know, the first winter, in case it would die on me. So I brought it in. It, on your the little label you're looking at, is there any information about uh, hardiness? Yeah, see, it is not a hardy plant. So, see, that's... The problem with little labels like that is they kind of use the same label. Generic whether, terms. Yeah, whether yeah. you're buying this plant in Florida or buying this plant in Thunder Bay. And, of course, our care is dramatically different between mm-hmm. such extremes of, of weather. Okay. Yeah, well, this one, I've got a fair-sized ticket. And I've got, it was says printed in Holland. I don't know if that's anything to do with it. But it does show you a, quite a good-sized picture of it. Yes, hmm. indeed. And it gets little white flowers, and it is a tropical plant. All right. So okay. what I would do is... Um, couple of things, and we, this is coming up with other people who have brought in plants. Uh, our first caller had also brought in uh, some plants from the garden and now is dealing with yellow leaves. So partly it is, you know, remain calm. It is normal for plants to go through a, a transition from outside to inside. However, with a topiary, you know, you're going to lose the shape if you lose mm-hmm. a lot of flowers and, and a lot of stems start to get crispy and dry up. Right. So doing, yeah. you've got it in a bright, sunny location. I did have it in the living room, mm-hmm. uh, but the trouble is that at the window, it's also a heating vent there. I was afraid it was going to dry it out too much. And it will, exactly. So you go to your local, you know, Home Depot or Home Hardware, and you get vent deflectors. Oh, yes. yes right? The little magnetic gizmo so that you can, because typically that's mm-hmm. exactly where the vents are, is right at the window. Uh-huh. So the last thing we want to do is put our plants right in the window on top or near a vent that's blowing hot air on them. Right. So those little deflectors can be used to deflect that heat along the floor, and of course your plant can be up on a small table or whatever, Mm -hmm. so there's no heat hitting it whatsoever. Um, Helping to think about humidity, we're talking about spritzing daily or setting up a tray with pebbles in it, and then the plant sits on the pebbles, and there's always water kept in the tray, and that way you've got that humidity happening uh, all, all, you know, 24-7, evaporating around the plant, that helps. Mm Water as necessary, uh, and yeah, just don't don't get concerned. You will do some pruning later, late, like February, March. We'll we'll talk about doing some pruning at that point. But yeah. for now, just let it do its thing. It's going to drop some leaves. That's just the way it's right, going to be. Yeah. Be careful to overwater. 
It's easy. I, to I have do. one of those um, moisture meters, mm-hmm. okay. and I, I put that in. Mm-hmm. So and when I tested it, it was about maybe a quarter down the size of the pot. It was it says wet. The rest of it was a bit more dry, you know. Okay, that's fine. So so, so the top you're saying says wet, and below no, is the, dry. The bottom is wet, but not okay. at the top. The okay. middle and up to the top is fairly dry. And that's exactly why we love moisture meters because who would think it was so wet at the bottom mm-hmm. when the top seems so dry? And that's why it's great that you've got that moisture meter because you do not want to water until that bottom is is on the dry side. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't too sure yeah. if I should, you know. Yeah. Essie, do you do you have an email or a, at home there? Um. No, I don't. My daughter has that okay. life, and I can't think of it. Well, right I was just going to suggest maybe if you could t- get your daughter to take a picture of the plant and send it to Charlie, just just to be absolutely sure that we're talking about the same thing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, she would, uh, of course, uh, be very amenable to that, I'm sure. So, have you got a piece of paper and pencil? I can uh, just yes, give out I have that. One handy. Sure. Okay. It's C. Dobbin. That's D O B B I N at mzmedia.com so you can take a picture and have your daughter take a picture and send it along to Charlie and then she can you know really uh, ascertain that you are indeed talking about the same plant okay yeah okay sounds good yeah and, and the other thing is well assuming that, that Effie's got that tag that does mm-hmm. say Eugenia um, I'm just reading here that um, Eugenia is very very sensitive to salt in our water so the fluoride the chlorine all that sort of thing so make sure that whatever water you're using to water this plant yeah. has been sitting out preferably for you know a week or longer so that we've evaporated off some of the chlorines and fluorides or even better yet use filtered water to water this plant and make sure of course that it is room temperature okay all right that's great thanks for joining the show effie Enjoy your show. okay Thank thanks you. take care of the folks in kitchener um, i'm just uh, looking at the clock here yes it is time to take a little bit of a break and i'll let you know that we've got a couple of lines open and even if you don't have a problem with the plant but maybe you've had tremendous success with a plant that we like to hear about those stories too uh, by all means give us a call in toronto 416-360-4740 and then anywhere else in the province toll free 1-866-740-4740 charlie dobbin here to answer your questions right through till nine o'clock and as i say those lines are open right now so give a call now meantime we should do a little talking about uh let me just get a word in about sierra sills new product okay yes. the uh topical analgesic spray hmm. and uh boy i'm telling you I have uh, the start of, uh, I think it's sciatica, mm-hmm. uh, and I've been using this as a spray mm-hmm. that contains a whole bunch of natural healing substances like oils. They have lemon oil, uh, peppermint oil, Lavender. eucalyptus yeah. in there, and every, about seven of nature's best uh, painkillers, and yeah, spraying it along my... my uh, does it work? Back, do yes, that? it does. Because they promote it as 100% natural, yep. almost instant pain relief. Well, it is. That's it great. is. I, I started using it first for my, my back and neck where I had really a tension yeah, and yeah. my muscles yeah, were I remember really you, seizing you up. You said you Man. thought you'd fallen out yeah, of so a pine tree. Just go looking for it. It's it's called uh, any any good health... So anywhere you find Sierra Sil. Right, you'll find the spritzer spray, spray right Sierra next Sil. to it. Yeah, yeah Sierra excellent. Sil. So great for... Like you're finding that muscular pain or that yeah. tension pain and of course Sierra Sil itself the little pills is a natural mineral supplement yeah, that keeps yeah. the joints working smoothly and, and pain-free uh, last week I mentioned something I want to mention it again I haven't tried this myself but they say 
add you know five or six squirts of that into a running bath. Have a bath and oh. and put that in your whole body. You'll feel the benefit of it. There you go. So there you go. Good to hear. Thank okay. you very much, uh, Sierra Sill. For more information, give them a call one eight seven seven Joint fourteen S I E R R A S I L. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here along with Charlie. And we welcome from New York, here's Richard. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Frank. Morning. Welcome to the show. Charlie. Okay, asters, I know it's kind of... A long time of year to be asking for them and about, but I want to be prepared for next spring. Mm-hmm. And asters, I, the ones we have right now, they grow, they've grown so tall, they're like four or five feet. Oh, wow. And they fall right over. And I'd like to know if there's any way we can keep them shorter. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, mums will do the same thing. So asters, we love asters in our garden because they give us a real blast of color late in the season. So it's like late August and right through September, we'll get beautiful purples and pinks and real sharp blues mm-hmm. from the asters. And so they're you know, a lovely perennial plant to have in a sunny location. What you need to do and what I also need to remember to do next year, and I'm going to remind everybody, is in about the middle of June is the time to... Take your asters, your mums, and even your tall sedum, if you have problems with the sedum flipping and flopping all over the place, is cut everything down to half its height, those three different varieties of plants, down to half their height in June. What you'll end up with is more branching, a more dense plant, and a shorter plant by the time it's flowering. You might delay the flowering by a week or so by doing this, but nevertheless, it will be a better-looking plant that will not require staking. Oh, great. Okay, so mid-June. We'll put, mark that on our calendar. Mid-June, I'll do that. <laughs> now, Richard, if, if I ask, uh, where, what part of New York State are you calling from? Uh, well, it's, uh, are you familiar with um, Dunkirk or Buffalo? Of course, Buffalo. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. 45 miles um, south of Buffalo. Okay, that pretty well puts a fix. Now, how about snow down there? Are you? Oh, uh, well, we, we, we went through quite a few little bit of Eighteen inches here, but boy, nothing mm. like Southampton. Oh but, yeah, that, but, uh, they got slammed. Right now, we got a little overcast in Casino. Oh, yeah. Bobby. Couple inches on the ground, you can still see the grass peeking up through it. Yeah, huh. so most of your snow probably melted. It got mild, didn't it? Yeah. Yes, and it's going to melt quite quickly when we go up to. I guess it's going to be fifties tomorrow. That's right, and Monday's going to be mild. I think. Yeah, it's here. Yeah. It's, we are looking at double digits in the on the Celsius scale. So yeah, you yeah. Know the weird same. weather. That's for sure. Up and it down. Is. Poor yeah. plants. They get so confused by this stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, thanks for joining us, and happy Thanksgiving down there. And we had a very nice one. Thank you. Oh, good. very good. Okay. Thanks for calling. Join Thank us anytime. And Frank. Okay. Bye bye now. Uh, Richard from um, just about 45 miles Dunkirk. south of Buffalo. Right. Dunkirk. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Area. Hey, we got a first time caller online. Uh, Ro- no, let me see. Pauline calling from Simcoe. Hey, Pauline, uh, there are the chimes for you. Welcome to the show, Pauline. Thank you. What's going on at your place? Um, I. W- Actually, I'm just in the middle of freezing my squash for the winter, but um, I was wondering how, if there's a possibility of saving my rosemary and uh, wintering it in the house. Is, so it's currently outside? Well, no, I have it sitting in the garage right now, and it's sitting there. Last mm-hmm. year, I brought it in the house, mm-hmm. and it just fizzled. 
It's very hard to keep rosemary alive, I find, inside. You're almost better, if you really love the idea of fresh rosemary in the winter, you're almost better to buy one of the rosemary plants that they sell at this time of year, often uh, pruned and shaped into like a little miniature Christmas tree. Yeah. Those plants are greenhouse grown and are more um, sort of able to handle the conditions in our homes than bringing the rosemary in from the outside. I find that they do, when you bring them in, they just tend to dry up and drop all their leaves. Right, right. So uh, I, I think, like I said, you have more success getting a brand new fresh one. Okay, thank you very much. All okay, right. thanks for joining the show. Thank Pleasure you for to calling. Uh, welcome you from, uh, from Simcoe. Right, you are. Okay, now where are we going I was next? actually at mm-hmm. a greenhouse this summer just trying to remember where those guys are. They're down um, Grimsby area, and they grow – it's actually called Sunrise Greenhouses. They grow the little rosemary trees. Oh, really? And they were outside when I saw them in July or August, whenever that was. So they're sitting – there's like thousands of them, as far as the eye yeah, can yeah. see. And it's all in the pruning and growing and pruning and growing. And, of course, now they're in the stores. Yeah. It's pretty neat when you go out and see the little babies in production. So there I love them. Go. I love rosemary. You just have to rub your hand on it, and it's you know, oh, the, the, the aroma. fragrance is lovely, huh? Yeah. Okay. I'll have to run through a rosemary bush or <laughs> yes, something. Naked. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, that's, that's a terrible picture. I was going to say, I'm not going to even think of it. No, what that please looks don't like, do that. But it no. would smell nice. <laughs> Let's go up to uh, a wonderful place, uh, certainly during the summer, Wasaga Beach. And Isabel is on the line and a first time caller as well. Hey, Isabel. There yeah, are the. Uh, good morning. Um, Welcome. I have met Charlie when she gave a presentation at the. Uh, Dana Horticultural Society. Oh, yes. Some time ago. Hi there. Um, you did mention that you'd like a success story as yes. well. Yes, yes. So I have a little one that won't take too much time. Okay. Um, I have a magnolia tree that's uh, on my front lawn. It's been there for many years, from as far back as 1972. Mm. Now, um, this was our pride and joy. It flowered every year, but four years ago, it stopped flowering. Mm-hmm. And we are very disappointed, but I left it in, and it developed into a type of uh, bush. Uh-huh. So I kept it trimmed, and uh, uh, just this year, it came out with an abundance of flowers after four years of not flowering. Wow. Isn't that neat? And uh, that's my success story. I was so pleased that I kept it in. And mm. I'm, now I'm getting more flowers than ever, so uh, I wonder, that's my success story. But I wonder why it stopped just suddenly flowering. It's not well, like the deer I were chewing it. needed a rest. Yeah, yep, of course. Yep, there's that. that. You know, they put a lot of energy goes into making flowers and then seeds afterwards for many plants. So, yep, it can be quite draining. And we do see the up and down, typically, when, with all plants, big flowering mm-hmm. years and not so flowering years. So that's great. That's a great story. Thanks yeah, for sharing that. Um, I like to uh, share that story because that's very nice. uh, uh, I'm so pleased that I see the flowers now. Yeah, well, okay. good for you for hanging tough with that plant and trusting it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Thank indeed. Thank you so much for sharing my story. Okay, yeah. thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Isabel. As a matter of fact, uh, we have, uh, when we come back on the other side of some uh, spots we have coming up next, we have another success story we'll hear from. Uh, and indeed, we're going to be checking into uh, uh, Seaforth, Ontario. First-time mm-hmm. caller will be on the line very shortly after these words. 
Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor here, welcoming Marilyn from Seaforth, Ontario. Just about, oh, I don't know, due north of Exeter, isn't it, uh, basically, Marilyn? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Well, good morning. My question is, um, I have a chenille plant, mm-hmm. and I had it outside all summer, mm-hmm. um, and it was getting lots of sun, and um, it seemed to flourish there, mm-hmm. and... Um, I was wondering how I should be wintering it over. So you've brought it in, obviously. I, I did bring it in, and it's it's lost some leaves, and you know through the transition from outside to inside, mm-hmm. it's it's looking a little straggly, but it's flourishing. It's it's growing. Well, that's good. So you've got it in a sunny location. It sounds like. Well, it's as sunny as I can get it. Now, chenille plant, for anybody who's wondering, is a, it is a tropical plant. It's quite interesting because it's got these long red flowers, which when they get really long, just kind of droop and dangle down out of a hanging basket quite beautifully. And yeah. they, they are soft and they're called chenille plants because they're like little, little yeah, caterpillars almost. Yeah, they look yeah. like they're, but they're yeah. lovely plants. Yeah. So the trick with chenille plants is humidity. Okay. So, so mist, mist, mist. Okay. You will, it will make a big difference to that plant. I mean, some tropicals are a little more able to withstand the dryness in our, our hot homes in the winter, but yep. chenille plant wants humidity big time. So you're going to keep it, you're going to, you know, check for water, feel the soil. As soon as it starts to feel a bit dry, you're going to water. But yep. that misting is preferably a couple of times a day. Spritz, uh, spritz away on it or have it in a humid place. Washrooms tend to be, where we're showering, tend to be fairly... Uh, moist kitchens where we have dishwashers mm-hmm. and you know yeah. potatoes cooking again add uh, humidity to the air so whatever you can do to increase the humidity you're going to have a better success with the plant okay uh, that's the main thing and and of course you will no fertilizing now but you will begin to fertilize in february and okay. prepare to take it outside once we're frost free again Prior to the taking it out in February or March, you're going to do some pruning just to give that plant a, a little bit of a haircut. So when it grows back out this summer, it's going to be dense and compact and, and look great before it all starts to flower again. Okay. Because I was wondering if I should be cutting it back now. You can. It won't kill it, but no. it won't do much with that with the pruning. It'll just sit there uh, and look kind of a bit rough. Yeah. However, if you prune it in February or March, that's a very stimulating thing to do, and that will force out all kinds of new growth. So that's why okay. if we can hold off on the pruning, it would be best to do so. Okay. Oh, sure. I can do that. All right. Very all good. Right. Thank Thanks. you very much. Sounds Thanks good. for joining us, Marilyn. Thanks for your call. All righty. Now, uh, we might have time if we hurry right along. Uh, Hal in Kitchener has a success story for us. Hi, Hal. Welcome to the show. Well, I don't know how successful it is, but <laughs> I just wanted to let you know, uh, since you were looking for some calls earlier, uh, that I've got 62 plants in the house. It's mm, a lot. A variety of everything from cacti that I've picked up in Arizona at the side of the road and planted, and now yeah. it's seven foot high. Oh, yeah. To all kinds of stuff that keeps on falling off, and I root them and keep on planting. And oh, you're one of those so, people. And, and, <laughs> and coffee plants, coffee wow. plants, He's got the ferns, bug. 
Yeah, yeah. He's got the bug. Tell he me. can't kill plants. Brought back from Cuba and it grows. Not on seeds. So you're breaking lots of laws with all that importing of plants, know, you know? I know, I Okay. <laughs> Just so I, you know. Well, no, I know, I know. <laughs> but you're tucking... Unknowingly, I've, I've been... Uh, I didn't know it was stuck in my shoe. Right, exactly. Pocket, that little plant that fell off the tree. Yeah, right what? into your pocket. Oh, beautiful. I believe you. The judge probably will, too. Yeah, you yeah. Know. I've got bamboo. I've got tomato plants growing in the house. <laughs> Do you really? Oh, he good for great. you. That's what a great story. Well, tell me something. Hell, when you get up in the morning, you have to go on a watering routine. No. What time at night do you finish? No, believe it or not, most of these plants uh, require watering maybe once once a week, once right. a week and a half. Some of them even three, four weeks, five yeah, weeks. Yeah, for sure. The cactus, for it example. Depends. Yeah. Well, and that's I'm super. I'm so used to each one of them that I know exactly what they're doing at all times. Good okay. for you. Well, that's hey, thanks why for you're sharing being, that with us. being so successful. Oh, well, there so. are plants in my house. Terrific. Nice. And you've got good oxygen levels in there, I would think, as well. well thanks. I don't know. But anyway, it's fun. <laughs> oh, good for I you. I enjoy it. Thanks for sharing. You take care. All, All righty. Right. We're going to be back next week. We're just put, putting the wraps on the show right now because yes. Dave's Corner Garage, there the guys are uh, in. Revving those engines. And revving the engines. You got it. And you, are, of course, are back to do At some other show. this yep. afternoon, mm-hmm. live in the city. I've got some interesting uh, stuff, a little interview or two as well. Nice. Yeah. We're yeah. going to be talking to um, Something uh, the director of Ross Petty's Cinderella. Uh. So that'll the be panto. Fun. The panto. Lovely. Yes. Excellent. Well, you have a great show. Have a wonderful weekend. Yep. Thank I you. I will see you again next week. Thank you, Franklin. Thanks to all our great callers. Thank you, James Dooley. And we'll see all of you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.